Greetings and welcome to Remnant Speaks. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. Coach J, coming at you live from Remnant Fellowship. Remnant Speaks is a ministry platform that focuses on helping generational leaders understand the struggles of young adults. Remnant Speaks also provides young adults with the opportunity to drink from the wisdom of mature Christian adults. So if you're interested in understanding young adults who are the largest demographic in the world, or you're simply trying to understand why the largest demographic in the world doesn't attend church, I urge you to stay tuned. Amen? Amen. Doing all Remnant Speak podcasts, if you have questions, comments, or concerns you want to address, you can text me at 833-736-2851 and we'll do our best to address them. Remnant Speaks is always blessed by your thoughts and we ask that you invite your friends to listen in or send in topics you wish me to speak on. Remnant Speaks is more about dialogue than monologue. Also, I'm told it's better to listen to Remnant Speaks while you're driving in your car or cleaning up your house or just simply sitting around maxing and relaxing. The topics and subjects you hear on Remnant Speaks comes to me sometimes by way of spiritual revelation, other times by general revelation, and then there are times when they come to me by way of extemporaneous conversations that I have with people. I had a conversation with someone that mentioned a word that brought me to this particular podcast. They said, for marriage to be successful, you have to apply the principles of marriage. Nah, nah, marriage wasn't the term that struck me strange. It was the term principle. A principle is a fundamental truth or doctrine that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or a linking chain of reasoning. In other words, when an individual is not quite sure as what to do or how to do it, leaning on a principle provides confidence, belief, and faith that you're making a good decision when you're unsure about the decision you're making because the principle is trustworthy. There are universal principles that govern the world, universal principles that govern nature, our personal lives, and our relationships. But then there are biblical principles that if we apply them, Every person, regardless of culture, background, age, education, or social status, will be brought into insight that will improve their lives. Consequently, individuals can become equipped to make wise choices and avoid failure. So I came up with about 12 Christian principles. But I thought that was way too many. So I reduced the principles down to three. Then I said, mm, that's not enough. It doesn't really 
get to the meat of the situation. So I started spiritualizing it and said, okay, I'll do seven principles because seven is a word for completion with God. So I've came up now, we've got seven principles. One is treating others, which comes from Luke 6.31. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. Then there's giving, Acts 20.35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, whom said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Then we came up with giving. Uh, and that comes from Matthew 6, 12. Uh, living by faith, Hebrews eleven six, Loving, John 13, 34 through 35. Living, 1 John 1, 7. And then praying. Philippians 4, 6. Now, there's no real rank and file order to, to these seven principles because it's really difficult to make one more important than the other. But um, my problem was, do I do one podcast on all seven principles or do I do seven podcasts on each principle? So I asked several people to text me at 833 736 2851 and tell me which way they would think it would be better for me to do it. And what I got was the first podcast of the seven principles dealt with the number one principle that most people talked about that I asked. And they said they live by the principle of do unto others as they do unto you. Do unto others as they would have you do unto them is the golden rule which identifies you as a true child of the king. The difficulty with this principle, though, is when many of us do something to someone, we do it based upon how we feel, not how the person we're doing it to feels. We have become so extremely sympathetic rather than empathetic. In other words, we care a whole lot more about the way we feel about things and we sympathize because of the way we feel that there's always something being done to us. Someone speaking to us harshly or someone uh, doing something to us so that the world then is attacking us. And so we're constantly in a defensive position. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Christians in a defensive position is somewhat of an oddity because the Christian is the most powerful person on the planet. But we allow ourselves to sympathize with ourselves and care more about ourselves than we do others. Rather than if we were more empathetic. If we cared a little bit more about how other people feel, then maybe some of the things that we say to them, we wouldn't say. Maybe some of the things that we do to them, we wouldn't do because we empathize with them. We know how they feel. There's an old African proverb that says, or I'm sorry, an old Indian proverb that says, you don't really understand a person 
until you walk a mile in their moccasins. That's empathy. That's feeling for one another. But our world today, they only want you to care about yourself and what you do for yourself, your own self time. Now, again, this is counterintuitive to the word of God. Because you've got many people telling you, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, do for yourself first, put your air mask on first. And that's true to a certain degree. But when we get to the point where we're so sympathetic that we can't be empathetic, that's a problem. I believe this is the whole reason why Jesus requires us to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Do to others as you would have them do to you, is what he said. So in other words, if we exchange violence for violence, someone does something to me, I do it back to them. It only leads to more violence. As an elementary school teacher, oftentimes the kids will come running up to me, Coach J, Coach J, they hit me. And then I bring the two kids together and I say, well, why'd you hit them? They said, because they hit me. And my mama told me if somebody hit me, I hit them back. I'm like, whoa, yeah, I get that at your house, but you're in a public school and they don't have the right to hit you and you don't have the right to hit them. And if they do hit you rather than hitting them, come see me and let me handle that because that's the way we have to do it in the school system. So the ideal, again, is that violence only begets violence. If you do on to someone else that has done something to you violently and you do it back, chances are you're going to be the one that get caught anyways. It's never really the first person that gets caught out there. You know what I mean? It's usually, mm, mm, oh, I saw that. And then they get you anyways. Right. So if we exchange violence for violence, we only get more violence. An eye for an eye does what? Leaves us all blind. A tooth for a tooth leaves us what? Hungry and toothless. Listen, Martin King was correct. Darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. So don't do unto others that which you wouldn't want done unto you. Amen? Amen. That was our first podcast. And we've already discussed the importance of the principle, principles in our lives. So the essential question for this podcast is, what about the principle of giving? Hmm. How does that work? What's this ideal about giving? Well, we learn of this principle by reading the 32nd through the 35th verses of the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. It says, now, I commit to you, to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's gold or silver or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, 
remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. If we were to keep giving in its contextual position as a verb, give is defined by Merriam-Webster's dictionary as freely transferring the possession of something to someone or a cause to allow someone or something to have something or to provide or supply. However, for the sake of this podcast, I would like to define give as the fulfilling of a want or need. Let me give you an example. <clears throat> Romans 12:20 says, "Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink." By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. As it re- relates to us, it's giving what we have to those who are in need or want, regardless if they're enemies or friends. Remember this. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-five forty-two, I was hungry. And you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. Now, this raises the question. How did we get what we have to give? Where did it come from? How did we get it? Y'all remember the 2000 film Pay It Forward? It crystallizes the reciprocal nature of giving. In the movie, a social study teacher who gives an assignment to his junior high school class to think of an ideal to change the world for the better and then put it into action. When one of his younger students creates a plan for paying forward favors, he not only affects the life of his struggling single mother, But he sets in motion an unprecedented wave of human kindness, which unbeknownst to him, blooms into a profound national phenomena. That was in the movie. But the reality of that movie created a national movement in the United States that reached worldwide epidemic proportions. Just a movie called Pay It Forward. In our text this morning, It teaches us that we have been given what we have and when we don't give or share what we have, it blocks our blessings. The way of the world sees giving as a closed mouth doesn't get fed. But what the world does not know is a closed hand not only cannot give, but it also cannot receive. Holding too tightly to what you have says inadvertently, you don't trust or believe God will continue to pour out you blessings. 
So when you hold too tightly to what God wants you to give away, you are constricting the blessings God has for you and for the individual God is trying to bless through you. God requires you and I to be givers. To be givers. God does not require you to recklessly give away everything that he has given you. That's not what God is saying. The text tells us to commit to God and to the word of his grace because the word of Christ can build you up and give you an inheritance, not just a physical, monetarial inheritance, but a spiritual inheritance, which is only given to those whom he has sanctified. So don't covet other people's money, counting how much they got, worrying about their possessions, what they have and what they don't have. But instead, put your head, hands and heart to the work and the will of the father. Not only will he supply your needs and your wants, but he will supply the needs and wants of others through you. Because you have then been sanctified by his spiritual inheritance of the Holy Spirit. God does bless a child that has his own. But be prudent and upright in all your dealings. If you have it, give it. If someone comes knocking on your door asking for bread and you've got extra loaves of bread, give it. If you don't, that is a mark that you are not a giver. You're just a taker or receiver. And that's not what God is asking you to do. Christ says it is better for you to give than to receive. Because if you give, you have nothing less left and then he can give you more. If you don't give. Because you don't believe God will supply your every need or want. Then try to remember this. Jesus said. Our Lord and Savior said. The one who saves said. The one who died on the cross for your sins and my sins. That we might have a right to the eternal tree of life. Our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Freely give and you will freely receive. Give and it will be given on to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use to give will be the measure to which you will receive. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. May I ask you to be a blessing to Remnant without you thinking it's all about money? Remnant wants to do ministry. But unfortunately, to do ministry, it does require money. So any financial support you offer 
is greatly appreciated and will only be used for the upbuilding of God's kingdom. To bless Remnant financially, you can go to remnantatl at gmail.com and press the PayPal donate button. Or if you have the cash app, use dollar sign Remnant Fellowship 17. Lastly, you can mail your tax deductible gift to Remnant Fellowship. 2045 Mount Zion Road, number sign 400, Morrow, Georgia, 30260. Or we can get even more personal than that. Come gather with the remnant every Sunday at 1045 a.m. at Fountain Elementary School, 5215 West Street, Forest Park, Georgia, 30297. This has been your host, the Reverend Dr. Coach J, signing off until we meet again. Now, by the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may it rest, rule, and abide in you, henceforth now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.